1: Few games have such a long development cycle as Dead Island 2. First announced in 2014, the game was set to be the third in the zombie action series following Dead Island and Dead Island Riptide. An impressive trailer saw zombies shamble down the Sunset Strip in silence, followed by years of delay, internal strife and multiple studio changes. The game eventually found its way to Dambuster, where it finally got over the finish line and releases on April 21st. We've played it and we really like it, which you can read about all in our review on VGC a rare story of a game that stuck the landing after development hell. To discuss this and so much more, I'm joined by two senior members of Dambusters' team that made it all happen. Khan, lead narrative designer, and Aidan Baines, the senior technical enemies designer. Ew,
2: is that... I'm having a really fucking bad day, Michael. Oh, cool.
1: Get away from this house! Okay, guys, we're here. It is, when you're listening to this, release day... How are the nerves? How are we feeling, Aiden? I'd like to start with you. What's the vibe on release day?
2: I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling pumped. Um, it's just great. I've been watching all. I mentioned to you earlier. I've been watching this morning. Just so much footage of people playing the game out there, uh, and the various reviews and stuff that are going up. It's just great to see it in the hands of people enjoying it, engaging with the systems. Um, yeah, it's almost not quite not quite real. But the more the more I watch, the the realer it becomes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Khan, how are you feeling?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The reviews that have been coming in so far um, are landing about where I was hoping that they would. They are understanding that Dead Island is not, you know, we are exactly what we say we are. We're not trying to to do something that is, um, you know, unexpected and big and new and socially important. We are making zombies and we're making them fun. Uh, we're making killing zombies fun again. And and I'm hoping that, that that continues to be the case, that people continue to get kind of what we're putting down. Again, it's it's there's a little sense of unreality, but also there's been a, a sense of excitement, I think, around the studio. You know, we've been working on the game for, what, four and a half, almost five years at this point. Um, and... It may be a normal dev cycle, but a lot of people have been waiting for the game for a long time, so you do feel a little bit like like a fairy godmother who is finally able to... Your wish is granted. You get another Dead Island game. There's a there's a <laughs> little bit of, of joy there, I think.
1: Well, you, you hit the nail on the head. We often talk about, at VGC, reviewing games based on what they are trying to be, and that was my entire argument for Dead Island 2. It was like, this is... The most zombie ass zombie game you could possibly think of, and it it goes for that one hundred percent. Gonna
0: make a note of that. The most zombie ass zombie game. I think that's
1: great. <laughs> Put that on the box. Back in the day, that'd be a, a perfect box quote. Um, the was, but just on that, um, Aiden, was there any nerves at all when review period is coming up? People are finally getting their hands on the game outside of the studio. Was there any nerves about how it would be, um responded to?
2: Yeah, to a degree, for sure, for sure. I mean, you know, we've we've had. Playtesters playing the game over the for, for for years. At this point, we've been seeing um, how people have been finding it. We've been we've been getting lots of impressions. So it's not it's not like uh, we had no idea what to expect, right? We we knew we knew we had something that was that was fun that people were engaging with, and and yeah, we wanted to, to get as many people in as many hands as possible, right? So so there was definitely nerves when we're going that wide. You know, obviously, like it's a. Uh, when it's out, it's out there, right? So there's definitely, yeah. there was definitely that, that feeling There that was going into that. But, but at the same time, we, we felt confident what we made, right? Like we, we, we saw it time and time again. People find it fun. I've played the game for thousands of hours, and I still find it fun, right? <laughs> so that's, that's, that's got to mean something, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: yourself, not just Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome. We think that we've got something <laughs> that is genuinely compelling in terms of that core loop of like making zombie killing just ridiculous fun over the top, like, you know, time losing kind of fun where you sort of, I I come across this a lot in my own team as well as other teams, you're playtesting a specific thing and then you sort of look up and you're like, oh, I was supposed to stop 20 minutes ago. Um, I meant to only playtest this one thing and now I'm finishing the quest. Whoops.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And when, can when did that feeling start to come together um, in development?
0: Um. So for me personally, I think it was as the last few sort of important game design bits started slotting into place um, when we were we have a a really strong sort of engineering team and I've worked at a a bunch of different studios in several countries on a bunch of different platforms and types of game and and genres and settings and all the rest of it. But like, I've rarely seen a game that had such stable builds throughout dev. They've take um, build like uh, what's the word? Not cleanliness, but you know what I mean? They, they want to, they, they take, they take check-ins quite seriously here. Mm. And that meant that you could, consistently count on having something that you could play and playtest on. that is not a given at all studios by any means. Um, and so when I saw the last few sort of the skill cards, I think coming in was the last magic uh, ingredient that let me sort of feel like I could respond much more um, dynamically and appropriately to the combat. I wasn't having to rely on the same Few moves or the same few things, and that's when the the core combat loop. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is actually we, we'll we'll be fine. We got something good on our hands."
1: <laughs> An aiden similar for you?
2: I think I think um it took a while before, especially my elements, started to 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 really really shine in the game, and I, I started to, to really think like, "Yes, we've we're hitting what we wanted—the level of quality, the uh, the level of variety in our in our, in our zombies." Like, I've been on since the, the start of the project, and and. Things like the 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 flesh tech, which is obviously, you know, like a core staple of the game, that we, we there was a version of that working, obviously not as good as it is in the final product, but a version working earlier on than you might expect because it is such a fundamental part of the game. Hundred percent. It was much it was much later in my opinion, until we routinely got just hitting a zombie around was like consistently consistently fun, consistently the right level of challenge, consistently just engaging and compelling because there's just been so much work that goes into it. Right. Yeah. There's the, and there's, there's been games that have done similar things before. So we want to make sure we're, we're not just treading that old ground. We're doing new stuff, we're offering new things. And see, I don't think it was until a few years in when I, I remember a moment when we were, we were really refining the, the crusher behavior, the crusher being our first apex variant, the first uh, like real one-on-one, this guy is going to, challenge you, right? Like, like it's, It was a really crucial thing, in my opinion, and for the, the whole ME's team to, to get that right, that first apex. And when, when we started really refining those behaviours, we started, you know, we, we iterated on the animation so many times um, to, to make them feel satisfying and weighty, but also clear, vulnerable moments where the player should attack. Like during those overhead smash, you want to go in there and smack them. When we had the parry down, we really felt like just... Um, yeah, parrying parrying one of the, its punches just, that felt tight and good because parrying is just such a such a core component of melee combat, right? We know we need to get that right. When we finally had that that crush fight, that's when I, when I personally felt like, fuck yeah, this is this this is good. Like I haven't just wasted years of my life. This is going somewhere. This is going somewhere. It's all, <laughs> it's all gonna be it's all gonna be great. Um, I think I answered your question there. That was that, that was. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, you actually you actually led me onto something I was thinking about during the reviews. It always felt like there was exactly a manageable amount of zombies per encounter for the combat. And I was comparing it and, and talking to someone about how in something like Dead Rising, you turn the corner and there's a screen-filling amount of zombies. That wouldn't really work in this game and the way yeah. the combat works. And with the flesh system, I think that would like make my PS5 burst into flames considering how highly detailed the zombies 100%. are. But sure. what is the process of making sure that you're fighting the right amount of zombies where it's still fun and you're not like, oh, well, I've just been hit in the back and that's it, done. Aiden, was, was that something that you had to think about quite a
2: lot? Yeah, for real. There were so many conversations early on about uh number of zombies and, and what would be what would be fun uh, to find in a, in a single encounter, in a compelling encounter. And yeah, it is, it is easy to fall into a trap when making a zombie game where you, where you go, uh, horde, and then let's not overthink it, right? And that is, can be good. And it can also be very, very boring, and it's not what we were going for, right? Every single zombie should matter. Every single impact should matter. Your first impact should feel as satisfying as your twenty thousandth, and you're going to be smacking a lot of zombies around. That's kind of important. We don't want it to to just be just like, oh, there's fifty zombies and they're just they're dead now. Whatever, moving on. Like it's 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 not about that. It's it's about making sure those combat counts consistently fun, and that comes into like the actual individual combat management and and how we have various different zombies will will work together and synergize, you know, so sure you could be facing six walkers, but maybe a uh just a crusher and um a screamer alone are a more tangible threat, the way they, they complement the movesets, the way the screamers knocking you back, the way the folks are trying to keep you on the ground, and then when you start bringing in some additional range units in there, then, then that's mixing it all up. We we knew we didn't yeah, we, we never wanted to just go, ah, we'll just try and spawn a lot and we'll be done with it. That was never never interesting to us.
0: If I can interject also, it it really ties into, you know, we've treated L.A. kind of as its own character almost as it is as much as it, it is a setting. And part of that is about making sure that the zombies visually look like they belong to where they are in L.A. But, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that, like, the flesh system is gory human anatomy, the zombie designs, even when there are bits that are overblown, distorted, mutated, whatever it is, it's very much rooted in this is a human body that has been changed, you know? Um, so besides the performance issues of, yeah, if you had a whole horde, uh, it would blow up your PC or your PlayStation or your Xbox in, in some way. Um, it was it was important that the... Uh, each zombie feels and looks individual and is an individual threat to be assessed and dealt with at on its own merits. Which is why we encourage switching weapons between your weapon wheel, you know, switching out your skill cards, like you know, from zombie to zombie in midair if you want to, sort of thing, to deal with what you're dealing with right now. We never wanted that sort of sepia, gray, brown horde, fleshless, you know, flesh-eating sort of faceless horde. It's like no, you are facing what we're humans and are now going to have to be dealt with as, like, very human-shaped uh, <laughs> threats, you know? They're not just sort of miscellaneous rotting flesh.
1: Mm. And I feel like that certainly differentiated it from the first game back in 2011. Obviously, there's been the whole technological leap since then, but if you were to describe the two games next to each other, there are elements that you could say, oh, that's that's very clearly in the Dead Island lineage, but it is a it's a, it's a hugely different experience. Um, speaking of the lineage, Khan, how did you get involved in the project and was there any trepidation about this whole 10 year development cycle which isn't isn't accurate we all know it's not accurate but it's it's something that's been kind of labeled to the game because of when it was announced
0: yeah i mean it's it's it, it is inevitable that people would make those sort of dev hell uh discussions and conversations even though for us again it was quite straightforward um more or less. Uh, So we, yeah, you've touched on something that was the source of a lot of discussions, you know, the tone, the franchise, the fact that it has been so long, it meant that we had to walk an interesting sort of tightrope in terms of the tone of the story in the, the first game didn't necessarily match the tone of the gameplay. You know, the gameplay was what we stayed as true as possible to that over the top melee in your face, bloody, ridiculous, wonderful action. Um, we wanted enough of a narrative to uh, move you comfortably through the world. And if you're not into narrative or into story, you can sort of take it at face value and charge off. And that is no problem. Similarly, uh, and, and you know, the, the time and effort we spent in terms of the narrative team in particular, but also the art team, the audio team was on the environmental storytelling details, was making the world feel as rich and inhabited and from an authentic place, then dial that up to 11, make it pulp, make it fun, um, make people sort of laugh a little bit and be startled without being like joke, joke, quip, quip, you <laughs> know, like our, it, when our characters make jokes, it's because they find themselves funny, not because they're trying to make the player laugh, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we wanted to, uh, we wanted to make sure that the people who were into the franchise for Dead Island and for Riptide would feel like we had taken their values and their expectations seriously and into consideration and built those into our game. Those players, I am fairly confident we have some real Dead Island lore nerds uh, on the the team and throughout the studio. And I feel confident that we're not contradicting any lore, we're not contradicting, but also it has been a minute. Since those games came out, and we wanted to make sure that for new fans, they wouldn't feel like they had to read the first 56 episodes of that, um, you know, of that uh, issues of that comic before they understood the crossover, if you know what I mean. Like, we wanted to make sure we were coming at it from a place where with fresh eyes, it would still be its own story, it would still make sense, and it would still be just as fun. I would say that somebody who's never done, you know, one minute of anything Dead Island related can come into this story and get like, you know... Get a hundred percent of the enjoyment, and the people who were into the first one will get a hundred and five percent, and that five will be Easter eggs. That five will be like little, little references, some more explanations about some more things they might have been curious about. But it's not. It is. It is very much in the same universe, but it's not like a reboot, and it's not a pure sequel.
1: Aiden, is that is that similar about how you felt about working on the game? Because obviously, it's been it's been a long time. It's been several console generations. It's been a huge technical change, but if you're gonna call something Dead Island two, there are Dead Island fans that want that to be kind of honored.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, um made some excellent points. And I would say from the from the zombie side, from the zombies perspective, you know, um to be right. to be <laughs> to be to be working on those zombies when they're obviously such a core part of the experience is an incredibly rewarding, consistently rewarding experience throughout development to to be involved in such a core cool way in that sense so i think we had an awesome opportunity when looking back at the original dead island is okay we get to offer players in this one brand new zombie archetypes but also reinventing zombie archetypes from the original dead islands and it's been a fantastic experience because we get to We get to look at all the advancements in tech and also all the incredible advancements in just the design of Melee Combat since the original Dead Island. The best Melee Combat games that have ever been made have been made in like the last five years. It's crazy, right? Like (laughs) we're we're at a point where we were able to, you know, learn lessons from some of those great games and incorporate them into the things that the original Dead Island did well, uh, but like reinvent those those core archetypes, right? So we, for for example, if we look at, say, like the... um, the Butcher, right? The Butcher was an enemy that was present in the original Dead Islands. And we, we looked at them and we're like, okay, what, what makes the Butcher work in the original Dead Islands? What and- makes the Butcher butch? <laughs> <laughs> and, and for, for me, we are, or for us in the Enemies team, we identified sort of like a couple of core elements. It's got that its its arms are replaced with these sort of jagged spikes, right, that it uses to try and slash at the player. And also it's got this ability that it can sort of uh, in, just start healing. It start fi- healing itself in the environment. It does this little animation. Well, okay. How do we take that and we make it? We just build on that those core concepts, and we just keep building on it. So we thought, okay. Well, rather than the arms be filed down, what if it's more they're just replaced with these bony spikes? They're a more ferocious weapon. And then we can use that in the way it moves around the environment, scurrying around at these inhuman speeds. And then what if it's scurrying around because it needs to get to these corpses because it healing itself isn't just like an animation it plays in combat. It's actually a, a, a core cool mechanic and part of the loop of fighting the butcher. It's going up to these corpses to start chewing on them to regenerate its own health. Then we go, okay, well, we've got all this stuff with the flesh, so we can then heal that flesh take back in real time the player can obviously tries to want to bat them off the corpse but if they're if they're patient and, and they do want to look around and see all the flesh <laughs> tech in action they can see what was previously this mutilated belly hanging on barely hanging together zombie you can see all of it just heal back as it just devours the, the corpse and then we, so we've taken those those core design um, pillars of that archetype in the original, but I thought we built on it to make a very uh, experience that that will feel familiar in a sense, but also very fresh. That that loop is fresh. It offers a unique thing in the lineup, in our roster. Um, and yet yeah, players consistently, like enjoy you know enjoy experiencing those things when seeing seeing it from the original game come back but then many surprises to come with it right And that's not even to speak about when we start introducing variants on those zombies in the later in the end game and stuff to be like, oh you, you thought you knew what our version of the butcher was here's a different version that, that, um, <laughs> that, that treats it in a, in a slightly different way and, and, and mixed up the mechanics in a, in a new fashion. So honestly being able to deliver brand new enemies and twists on well-loved ones, awesome
1: opportunity yeah and you you mentioned there obviously in this kind of golden age of melee combat games is there a specific title or a specific sequence from a game that maybe not uh, like influenced but you just you played and you thought you know what we have to look at this a bit differently because of this
2: I we we I don't think we ever we ever saw something and we were like okay let's change what we're doing right but there's certainly mm. they were like this isn't quite working there's something missing here and then we we, we play something CFT and so I'm like okay yeah that's inspired us let's put it down so actually uh, sticking with the butcher for example. Um, the The move was very uh, samurai inspired, and you can, mm-hmm. and I can tell when I when I fight back, like yeah, I was playing a lot of Sekiro when I was working on this, so I can tell, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and I think it feels fresh. And you know, don't get me wrong, we we're not ripping anything directly. It's very much its own archetype, right? But we thought, okay, what, what if how would a sort of almost samurai like moveset of slicing these these. Um, yeah these these incredible combos together in a way how do we keep that still grounded in the in the in the zombiness? and that's and you know that's why we still keep in the eating the corpses regenerate health and it sort of all blends together in this experience where it takes those incredible like melee combat from those games inspired by that to put it into our own zombie move set but then but then yeah um tries to keep it still zombie-like and we went that, mm. that in fact with Zekro we kind of kept a little bit uh, going with that samurai theme and when we started um i was watching um afro samurai and there's this bit in it where it's deflecting books right and we're like the butcher has these incredible bladed arms we've already established it's more intelligent than a lot of the other zombies in the world and like where we were in the development right now we're, we're okay we're gonna be introducing guns around this time and we're like okay, this, this guy can deflect bullets with its own bladed arms and offers this brand new experience that, yeah, once again, completely fresh in the lineup and and, and, and fresh to zombie games to, to a degree, right? But that's how the inspiration sort of took it, sticking with that sort of samurai element, but still grounding it in, in gruesome zombiness.
1: Um, the... the- when I realised that those enemies deflected bullets, mm. that was quite quite disheartened because I'd been I'd been using guns pretty much religiously since I got them because I ended up getting like a it's like a purple tier shotgun or yeah, something yeah. like that. And I was like, you know what, just mowing through them.
0: Yeah, it's like, now oh, my they, baby. Yeah. They, yeah. They th- yeah, they
2: thought of it. I, I'm, quite, I'm quite happy with how we ended up with that because there was yeah there was obviously discussions about when shooting in guns and we we have we can't have all our zombies be ranged units, so it kind of it kind of defeat the purpose a bit so so i'm quite happy where we end up with where you unlock guns and it's this this moment in the game where you're like okay okay easy mode unlocked uh, not quite we're gonna start throwing some other threats that i have to deal with it so yeah maybe that some of those zombies that gave you struggle before are now a lot easier with guns but there's, there's tougher threats to come that are not gonna let you off so easily um so i'm quite quite happy with where we end up with that
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Oh, sorry, zombie. Party's over. Uh, I'm not a zombie. Is
3: there the pizza?
1: Hey, do you have pizza? Just let me the hell in. And, Khan, and what kind of art were you um, experiencing and engaging with when you were coming up with the, the main narrative elements of the game?
0: So I joined the studio about three years ago. The main uh, the, the the main quest line was the broad strokes were already determined. Um, a lot of what I was doing, besides you know making sure that they the details were filled in, it was implemented, it was troubleshooted, it was you know the, was brought home and brought over the finish line. But a lot of I think the the, the stuff I had the most. Um, impact on and that I worked most closely with my team on was the environmental storytelling, which I really do feel is is kind of in a class by itself, um, but also giving all of the player characters their very different personalities, which was an interesting choice, I think because it creates some narrative complications. Um, it, you know, there's, there's a lot more, a lot more plates to spin when you, when you come, when you come at it from that sort of baseline of everything you write is going to have to be written six times and we're <laughs> going to need to have different writers for the different, um, characters so that they don't all sound like the same person, just putting on different hats, you know, uh, in terms of phrasing. Um, but also the NPCs really trying to make them feel like who are the people who missed the evacuation? not people who have their shit together, not boring, responsible people. How can we make them really grounded in L.A., not even just stereotypes. It's more about, like, what is quintessentially L.A. about any one of these people? And then they're also their own person. Do you know what I mean? Um, Giving them distinct voices and really working on that, working with the art team to flesh out the world so much in terms of, like, you can look around, you know... And you stop anywhere, turn 360 degrees, look at the details, poke your nose into corners, open that fuse room, open that, you know, treasure chest, and there's a story waiting for you. You you will kind of understand who lived here, how the space was used, how this person died, what that family valued, you know, um, and I'm, I'm really proud of, of the work that we've done on that.
1: A particular favourite of mine was in one of the early houses you go into, and you realise it's like an influencer kind of clout house situation. The goat pen, yeah. And there was a there's a there's a joke from that that I won't spoil, but I'll say it's on a whiteboard. And when that yes. that first came up uh, during the previews, actually, one of my colleagues who took on the previews sent a sent a screenshot of it and was like, "I think this is going to be all right," because obviously we we didn't know what the game was going to be like. It'd been so long. This was really our first time getting it, and there was a bit of trepidation on our side. But when that came in came in, I was like okay that's that's really funny let's 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 get let's get through this what was the so there's a bit of a cliche with environmental storytelling and it comes from some rpgs where you'll see skeletons placed in very obvious (laughs) on the
0: toilet yeah exactly like (laughs) someone
1: with like their head blown off and you can find a shotgun next to it and it's like oh i wonder what happened here how do you how do you balance that with it being not so subtle that people have to go to the other end of the map to work out what happened, but not so in-your-face that it feels a bit like like a set.
0: Yeah. Um, actually, I think that one of the things that makes it work the most was treating each one of these moments and each one of these pieces Agnostic entirely of the player's progression through the main quest line, of what they know or don't, or, you know, of, of what was happening in the rest of the world. I think that's been the secret of our success when it comes to the environmental storytelling is that each moment or house or little vignette or scene or, or journal, audio journal, text journal as well, is treated very much as its own story. And um, in fact, we did fall into a bit of a trap at the beginning because all of them started to be revolving around, this is where I was when the zombies attacked. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. there's zombies. Oh, my God, the zombies are attacking. Um, and there's still some of those in there because it would feel very weird if there weren't. But uh, early days, we we're sort of looking over like, oh, my God, it's another one. You know, like this <laughs> this isn't going to work. Um, and so a lot of it was then about trying to find the... The things that are important to any individual person or, you know, the things that they're valuing and looking at are so varied person to person that if you try to fit them into the greater narrative of the world, that's when it starts to feel like the world has been artificially designed. You know, that's when somebody was trying very hard to tell a story about despair and that's where you got the skeleton with his head blown off and the, you know, shot whatever. But if the story is about despair on something else altogether or, you know, uh, is much more about the mother and son relationship versus, you know, um, the relationship of you to the zombies, that's when the world, I think, starts to feel I mean, it's still pulp, it's still over the top, it's still dialed right up, but it has to come from a place of authenticity and a place of reality. Otherwise, it's just going to feel completely silly and artificial. Similarly with LA, you know, all of the the locations, the people, like they needed to come from a place of authenticity and then we had to dial it up. It goes right back down to the flesh system. In fact, you know, the gore had to come from an anatomically correct place. To then play with the viscosity of the blood and the reflections of it in this lighting or on this, um, you know, upholstery versus, uh, you know, but we had to, you have to turn it up because otherwise it becomes a bit of an uncomfortable like situation sort of a bit murder simulatory and that's really not what we wanted we wanted the pulp we wanted the action movie we wanted yeah. the slayer that's why we chose the name for the play- player characters like that's a that's a really big deliberate choice you know and similarly with the environmental storytelling it had to come from a place that felt authentic but then you have to turn it up otherwise it's just a series of tragedies as people lose their family to the zombie horde like that's heckin depressing (laughs) (laughs) i'd much rather see the goat pen and see the equivalent of a of a you know a vaccine denier or something like that and then Um, see what they had to do
1: that was that was another thing i was going to bring up it was a lot of the the jokes and the kind of satire it was very very up to date and for something like video games obviously sometimes they fall into the trap of how long it takes the development uh, Developed them so some jokes are a bit outdated, but, but like, how recently were you guys putting that stuff in? Because some of it was like referencing stuff from like late twenty twenty two. I was like, that's that that's pretty impressive.
0: Um, I mean show me a, a video game developer who won't put things in at the, until the very last moment they are permitted to and then probably beyond that no this is definitely a bug fix I don't know what you're talking about um, <laughs> i knew it Aiden. Uh, but um, that, was, that laugh was not a uh, but, yeah, i, I confirm nor deny anything um but beyond that uh it's a really it's a really it's another tightrope to walk really because um i had to work a lot on like what slang do we use what things do we reference? Because this is a game that's set in a moment in time, which is about now, but in a few years, it'll still be about now. It won't be about then, you know? Um, yeah. And so we needed to balance, like, the uses of slang or concepts that would make things feel too dated, too quickly, versus the ones that, again, felt authentic, felt like, yeah, this is a moment in time, and that's how people talk, and that's what they were thinking about. Of course, in, in in the world of Dead Island, I mean, I don't know if the pandemic exactly happened. I'm pretty sure it didn't, you know, because that's when we started developing. But seeing the reactions around the world to a global threat was going to influence the writing and the storytelling, no matter what happened, for sure
1: nice um the 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 the, specifically some of the terms used and i reference it again that influencer house i was like that is that is something that you could so easily date the game with if you use the wrong kind of um chat Um, aiden what is something specifically that made it into the final game that when you play this in 10 years you can look back and go that was my thing that was my contribution (laughs) or at least i i I led to that
2: oh oh so many Oh, so else I could I could have for this one. So many little zombie touches. Um, I think I think it's because it, obviously I've been watching so much virtual people play now. So many reviews, and it's it's knowing there's still things that people haven't spotted. That's that's really a uh, that's really quite uh, quite pleasing to me because I know that there's going to be discoveries made going forward. But even just some of the little touches in take a feature like um, Meat babe. Right, so this is a curveball the player has, where you know the the, the gameplay desire that the the bare minimum is distract zombies, zombies go over near it, right, and then we put in so many little touches, right, so the the way the way all the zombies will crowd around that meat bait, get down all contextual feasting animations, the way they'll play slightly different animations, if they are already lost their arms, they're going to be troughing it. They're going to be going down like that. <laughs> and then you start thinking, okay, but what if I throw the meat bait out of bounds and then suddenly the zombie's get as close as possible and they're like reaching out at it and doing all this stuff. And it's, and it's just get, knowing that we just we kept going again and again. We're like, yeah, the bare minimum here would be fine, totally shippable. We're not happy with that. We want to keep keep going, keep iterating. And that's like one, in the grand scheme of things, relatively small feature when you compare it to some other stuff. So uh, there's some other stuff I just, I, I, I will not spoil. I want players to, to, to find them, but the, that, that should give you an indication of like the care and the level of quality we strive for, even in things that like aren't, to blunt, aren't totally necessary, but we want to do them because we're passionate about it and we care about it, and we know players will find it, and that's that's all the motivation we need to put that cool stuff in there. You know. Yeah, mm.
0: I'd say overall, sorry uh, to jump in, but you've you've hit on Damn Busters both its greatest strength and sometimes its fatal flaw <laughs> in, in narrative terms. You know, the the it's not a large studio AAA wise, and the commitment to quality is again i've I've worked at a bunch of different places and and it is unusual here. People are really passionate about doing things absolutely best in class wherever they can. again, sometimes it can be a fatal flaw because we might have big ambitions and without necessarily the like ability to see them through and and you know we know what didn't make it in, and that one will always mourn it but um but what did make it in is the stuff we worked on awfully hard to try to get up to really quite a high bar of quality a- across the game. The tech art, the lighting. The lighting in this game is insane. And that's because we have a very passionate to the point of slightly being slightly disturbed tech art director, who's also <laughs> responsible for the flesh system.
1: Uh, the flesh system um, is... My mechanic of the year to the point where I was I so- showing, that. Sc- I was showing screenshots of it to people that don't play games and to my parents, and they were like, "That is absolutely vital." Why are you showing me that? I was
0: like, "That's the point. Look at it. Look." How my parents it is. are very disappointed in me this year. Like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, just before we come to a close, um, the game doesn't end with the world exploding in a nuclear bomb, so there's no more life on Earth. Are you guys zombied out or? Are you interested in a theoretical uh, next go at it?
0: Is there such a thing as being zombied out, Aiden?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, yeah. As as zombie man, as man that makes zombies, I I don't (laughs) see I'm going to be zombied out any any time soon. Yeah, we're always thinking about new stuff.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, narratively, I'm not spoiling anything, but the game does not the game's plot does not end wrapped up in a very neat little bow. That answers all the questions and ties up all the new le- le- the loose ends. Um, uh, and that is intentional. We have ideas and hopes, and if this hey sells well enough, kids, um, then we <laughs> can get some more. Hopefully, you know, we've I think we've done the franchise proud. I think we've treated it the way it should be treated, and we would like to continue doing so. Obviously, mm. if it were up to us, it's not. I'm not the money. I don't make the decisions. But if it were <laughs> up to us,
1: well, hopefully, it won't be another 10 years and they just let you guys <laughs> right. keep it to yourselves and not hot potato it around. Um, thank you very much both for joining me. Um, it's now launch day. What are you guys going to do tonight? Relax, un, un unclench your shoulders for a while.
0: I'm literally getting a massage, and I think I'm going to. <laughs> she's going to be like, "What has been happening here?" <laughs>
2: uh, Aiden, what about you? There will be a lot of alcohol consumed. There will be a lot of, uh, of of fun to be had. Uh, responsibly, of course, everyone drink rare uh, responsibly. Um, it will all. It'll be a lot of a lot a lot, a lot of fun to be had, I, and I've got. You know, other other friends and and uh, some in the industry, some outside the industry that uh, you know, they, they've they've got 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 the game ready to go, and they're going to be, um,
3: yeah.
2: you know, talking to me as they're playing it and stuff. And I can't wait to hear from them, especially um, especially like um, you know, people people in the industry and 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 sort of known some of the behind the scenes stuff and seen some sort of stuff and challenges we've had and 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 how we've we've ended at this 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 thing we're really proud of, and and it's just great to to show it off to people finally, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big celebrations for, for me and for a lot of the studio are coming tomorrow. You know, the whole studio is going to be watching some release stuff, having some pizza, maybe a beer together, you know, partying probably um, in the evening and, uh, and you know, take myself out to a nice dinner or something like that on Saturday, continue the celebration. But yeah, um, I think that we're all pretty psyched.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I've said it in many places, after the amount of things that we've heard behind the scenes, especially on my side and, and the media, the fact that it's as good as it is seems like a minor miracle. So you should be extremely it. I think it's amazing any video game yeah. ever
0: gets finished, honestly. <laughs> it, is a, it is a continuing miracle across the industry, but thank you very much for that. I think so as well.
1: <laughs> no problem at all. Well, thanks guys. And I'll chat to you later on.
0: Great. Excellent. Nice good to time. meet you, Jordan. Thank you very much for your time too
1: before we go we have some copies of dead island 2 to give away on playstation and xbox for a chance to win we want to know what object in your house would be the most effective against zombies don't say gun don't say kitchen knife i want something a little bit out of the ordinary make sure to write in to podcast at videogameschronicle.com with your answer use the term dead island in the subject and let us know where you are so we can get you the right code
3: VGC, a video games podcast, is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator
0: Network.